What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. I'm flying solo today. You can hit us up at Building Our PWR. Uh, if you'd like to contact us. Um, also, if you'd like to contribute to the work we are doing in the city, we're about to start back up with stocking the fridges and giving out pamphlets. And we're definitely about to start creating uh, new flyers, new propaganda to put out there. If y'all have any ideas uh, for propaganda, we you, uh, we could post, um, send it our way or any of the ideas our way, and we'll definitely be thankful and use some of those resources and get them out in the city. Um, if you'd like to join us with the work we are doing, you can do so. Link is in the description. All right, guys. Today, we're, I'm just going to uh, read a little bit more from Black Arm Joy. I know we took a little hiatus last week from that. But we're going to get back into it, and we're going to discuss it. So, the next part is called, on so-called mutual aid. And I think that's, that's fitting, because that's kind of what we, I was just talking about. Um, it says, We find that the resurgence of, quote, mutual aid as a practice is important for us to criticize. A lot of, quote, mutual aid work being done is just redistributive work with a radical label. While we are not opposed to this type of work on principle, as it helps build relationships between revolutionaries, the issue is that the real mutual aid as a concept is more present in black queer communities during GoFundMe's for one another than in radical organizations doing what amounts to leftist branded charity. We post it. If the, actual, if the act of mutual aid does not contribute to the development of a revolutionary subsistence economy, then it is not, quote, mutual aid. That is inclusive of society and must be criticized. Unfortunately, most, quote, mutual aid that happens now is not mutual in nature. Further than that, it does not confront power. We believe that the mutuality of mutual aid is critical as an insur insurrectionary element. For instance, many on the left have dismissed the mass looting that happened in 2020 as the actions of crim criminals or not political, while in fact, black people liberating resources and commodities from corporations is far more revolutionary than much of the organizing done by leftists or abolitionist formations in this country. Expropriation from the capitalists will create the basis of our subsistence, subsistence economy. We must think of the revolutionary bravery and solidarity these acts inspired as we look toward militant property, land reclamations, and capital expropriations in the future. We should look more towards these types of examples of mutual aid as opposed to a more charity NGO-driven model. Our critique of mutual aid is similar to our critique of dual power or the solidarity economy. Alone, mutual aid is not enough to confront and destroy capital. We cannot simply, quote, opt out of capitalism. We must become ungovernable. The black communes must arise out of the black insurrection, as we learn from our elder Lorenzo Comboa Irving. Uh, definitely 100%. You know, uh... I'm sure most of y'all have heard our little mutual aid little episode. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with that 1,000%. And that's something, honestly, that we've had to tackle ourselves because, I mean, we have not gotten to the point where we have a mass amount of regular people in the community together with a mutual social network. In person, like in the city. Now, there's we have stuff, you know, we're a part of things online where, you know, we give to this uh, person, they give back, you know, that type of thing. 
But as far as directly in the city, we are not there yet. And that's definitely what we are working towards. So, and there's a line here, which we talked about. There's a line to where it's just charity. And it's just like, let me give you this. Okay. Let me give you that. Okay. And right now, in the past year, we have been in a position where it's just like, okay, we see people, we give them money, we see people, we give them food or clothes or whatever, but we make sure that no matter what we give, we also give, whether it's a pamphlet, whether it's a zine, whether it's a book, whether it's some contact information to get in contact with uh, other organizations, something, so that it's not just like, hey, here, take this, which is good, but it's also like, take this and also think about something. Think about, like one of our things said, how is it that all of us got jobs? All of us working 40 plus hours and we can't afford no food, we having to go to this doggone community fridge. If you'd like to learn more, go here. Or um, just seeing people around, um, you know, people that don't have homes and stuff like that. We obviously give them money, but then we also give, uh, you know, what do we give? Uh, toiletries and deodorant and uh, food and snacks and stuff like that. And then we also give them designs and pamphlets. Uh, I think we printed up one about, you know, homelessness and how it's not, you know, a personal failing, how it's a part of this entire system and, and how, it, you know, it's not their fault, stuff like that. Those are small things. Obviously, that's not where we want to be next year, but it's what we've been doing and it's what we're trying to do to make sure it's just not, it's not the same okie-doke that the nonprofits are doing. We're trying to challenge power, you know. Our jobs aren't, uh, we don't have jobs that are determinant on if people are struggling. Like a nonprofit, if people get better, they have no job. Therefore, they're not going to push for doing things, for, for doing actions, for uh, doing work that is going to eradicate the problem fully. It's just about putting band-aids on the problem. We're trying to educate people and mobilize people so that we can get the entire problem solved with through the, what? Destruction of America and capitalism in itself. So, yeah. Um, definitely 100% to that. And again, obviously about the opting out. You cannot, we do, we can't, you can't call yourself a legitimate, true worker of the people, fighter of the people. If you like, well, I'm just going to get off my anarchist friends and we're going to not do capitalism. Okay, and then you just gonna chill there forever? Like, what, what, what do you expect everybody else to be doing? Like, what about the rest of these people that's still struggling? Like, there's work to do. You can't, we can't rest until the stuff is done. Ain't, ain't no time for that. Um, but yeah. Okay, next part. 100% believe everything they said. Okay. Against white insurrection. We dedicate this section to the memory of Antonio Mays Jr., who was murdered by a white leftist at the so-called Chaz. We also dedicate this section to Michael Rainhall, Eric G. King, and David Gilbert. We encourage white revolutionaries in America 
to follow your revolutionary examples. If there is to be a revolution realized, there must be less talk and more action. From our vantage point, the insurrectionary anarchist Milas in the United States are mostly white in the composition and analysis. Their racial analysis does not really recognize the insurrectionary capabilities of black masses. And their attempts to are often fetishizing. Most insurrectionary anarchist analysis and theory focuses upon Europe as the primary example of revolt. When the insurrectionary milieus, such as the white boys at Three Will, do focus on black revolt, they downplay the racial dynamics of the riots by labeling everything as multiracial. Without a proper understanding of the experience of being black, there can be no understanding of how to nurture the black revolt beyond its infant stages. Needless to say, this experience and leadership must be led by those living between the margins of racial capitalism. Women, trans folks, lesbian, gay, and other sexually and racially oppressed groups. Beyond that, we understand the youthful character of the insurrection as those young people living in our cities have the most to gain from the beginning stages of our revolution. While the character of the 2020 George Floyd Rebellion was not limited just to just black people participating, the white insurrectionists seeking to universalize the black revolts are the all lives matter of the anarchist movement. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. Real quick. Um, just talking about, like anarchists and a lot of radical leftists or whatever. Everything tends to be very Eurocentric. Everything tends to be very white-centric when they're talking about the great revolutions of the world. And even when they do talk about black things, they don't want to just sit in the black. They don't want to just sit in the black people fighting white supremacy in capitalism together it always has to be turned into some well it was a it was the capitalist thing with racial undertones or well it was more so this and more so that and they're saying that if you can't if you can't call a thing a thing and just say how this was a black like, even with the Black Panthers, I always go back to that because apparently now the white left is, it, it's gotten so sanitized now that, you know, whatever. If you can't just stand firm on the fact that the Black Panthers was a black radical organization that was working towards the liberation of black people, working class people everywhere, obviously, but the center. The main focus was working towards the liberation, the independence of black people in America. We, y'all, want, y'all want things to be so cookie-cutter. You want everything to be centering you. No, no, no. That's not how it's going to work. But I digress. Okay. We risk being accused of perpetuating the, quote, white outside agitator myth by writing this essay. But the reality is that whiteness and anti-blackness continued even during a riot and after it. It is is anti-materialist to ignore these realities by suggesting that once we all get into the street, all of our actions are the same in the eyes of the state. These white insurrectionists fail to grasp how their own whiteness continues to exist within and beyond the riot. 
instead opting to believe that racists magically transcended when they smashed a window. White insurrectionists failed to engage with the long histories of black insurrectionary history in this country by trying to import strategies and tactics from other revolts here into the United States. Please shut the fuck up about France. This is not to say there are not elements of struggle in place like Palestine and Rojava or Central or in South America struggles against the state and police. Our oppression is similar in form and structure, and so our methods of resistance will also be similar. Indeed, we believe white insurrectionists have very little to teach us about our struggle. For instance, the fear and critique around guns at demonstrations that emerged last summer from a number of, quote, anarchist publications and report backs speak to this. Armed struggle has always been a part of black insurrectionary activity. Further, it makes absolutely no sense to struggle against the state and fascist violence using lesser means of violence compared to their own. Let us remember, America has the largest amount of civilian arms available to public citizens in the, quote, developed world. In fact, armed struggle is a core part of this country's founding documents and central development, cultural development. We plan on using every element of Americans' creation to destroy it. Why is it not asked why George Washington, Lincoln, even Stalin, Mao, and white anarchists across the utilized armed struggle? They, there are no charges to power or domination, but with force. Intuitively, we are well aware of the existence and doomsday preparation of the far-right militia and fascist cells that are intent on furthering our extinction. We are also aware of the infiltration of these accelerationist fascists into our so-called federal, state, and law enforcement agencies and the national military. Therefore, we will rage war against white supremacy on all fronts. The white left may believe that either we have a death wish or that our lives are dispensable and we are intent on proving otherwise. The white anarchist hand wringings around, quote, symmetrical warfare or horizontal violence reflects a perhaps willful misunderstanding of history and power in this country. This country has always been in a civil war, the remnants of which form the foundations of the current cultural war. The 2020 rebellions resurfaced white anarchist historical apprehension towards black insurrectionary methods, namely guns at protests, quote, direct actions. We recommend they take a moment to reflect on that reality. In America, in the United States, black people have been and will continue to be forced to face down white people who continue to act as proxies of the state. We intend to do as our ancestors did and use any means available to fight these people, regardless of some white anarchist fear of guns. Idris Robinson speaks directly to this white fear in his open letter to Michael Rhino shot and killed at a fascist in Portland. Quote, what the double standard with regards to your situation reveals is how violence in America will always necessarily have a profound, profoundly race, racial dimension. And it is precisely this, the terrifying core of racialized violence that they are trying to repress when they lie to both themselves and others when they say that their issue with what you did is a question of strategy or tactics. I mean, give me a break. 
In a country that is literally saturated in violence, from blind mass shooters to murderous police, no one can honestly claim that the few shots you let off could in some way be misconstrued as a, a escalation. There is simply no way to avoid the spiral of violence that began at the very moment when the first wooden ships reached the shores of the Atlantic. The white left in the current era must be willing to not only come to terms with the fact that some of their own family members, so-called friends and idols, will have to be put down by revolutionary violence if they act as violent state proxies, fascists, or racists. Those that do not understand our struggle may see this position as, quote, adventurism. But it is only common sense to mitigate racialized violence with a united front of counterviolence that transcends the psychological and social racial boundaries of settler colonialism at subsequent stages of the armed conflict. In other words, we seek to generalize the armed conflict amongst the people on the North American peoples united against the state. All states until the hegemonic machinery and points of production for ruling class consumerism are reduced to ashes. Okay, that was a lot. Okay, so pretty much uh, the gist of that, what I got from that was apparently, which this is ridiculous to me, there are anarchists and doing the George Floyd stuff that was against the guns? Why? Why were y'all against the guns? What sense does that make? I, I didn't even know. I don't. Why? What? Against the guns for what? And that's the thing. I, I guess that's what separates people who are anarchists for personal reasons, like you're a vegetarian because it's for your health, rather than you are an anarchist because you're for the liberation of everybody. Like, if you are truly for the liberation of all oppressed people, people it's a no-brainer obviously we need guns first of all these pigs are looking for a reason to shoot and these little white little militia men crap boys are looking for a reason to give violent so why wouldn't you protect yourself why don't you already be on the defensive so that that, that that gives me op behavior right there. You not not I, I understand if it was some liberals. Not no anarchists, Lord. Not no anarchists. And so uh they were talking about I guess there was a lot of finger wagging at the black people. Being like, oh, well, these people did it this way, and these people did it that way, and we're just gonna smash one of those, and we're just gonna do this. First of all, let Let's let's get this let's get this out here. Let's get this out here. Okay. Obviously, if you talk to us, every black person that's ever lived has not been revolutionary. Every black person that's ever lived does not automatically know radical stuff. A lot a lot of people are conservative no matter the race. But if you're in a space, a radical a radical fight the America uh space. And you are a white person. I don't care, cis, trans, what, you're a white person. And there are black people 
in this radical space, this radical space that's about destroying America, you need to listen up. If you are white, it wasn't until you had a coming to Jesus moment 99% of the time that you even knew something was wrong with this country. Like, either something traumatic had to happen to you, or you had to read a book or learn a class or something, and then, oh, oh, light bulb, maybe America isn't that great. Um, black people everywhere in America, no matter if they're conservative and they lie to you, or they're liberal and they lie to you, or, or uh, anarchist, whatever, We've known that since we had a consciousness. Since some some folks, even when they was in the doggone delivery room, we've known that since we've been able to to uh, create thoughts and interact with people, we know that this country. We we we've known since babes that this country was a terrible place, and it did not have our best interests at heart. So. Maybe I mean this is just this is just my thinking. I would go to the people that maybe have had more experience in and more time in theorizing about you know uh, fighting against certain structures. I would I would let them I would I would listen to what they had to say, you know, and then I would I would state my opinion next and and just kind of listen to people that that live the stuff because I I feel like for a lot of people not everybody, but if you're if you're white and you you come from a privileged background or semi-privileged or whatever like a lot of what you're doing is theoretical a lot of what you're doing is thinking of things you're not necessarily living in it even if you're poor and white yes you have more uh boots to the ground as far as seeing the classism of america but there's still certain things that you do not see and even for myself is not being a disabled person there's no reason me coming up with no theoretical things about being disabled I cannot understand. I sit and I listen. And then we talk. And then we figure out things through that. Like, I feel like I say the same thing every episode. But apparently it needs to be said. Because every time I turn on the dog on Twitter, it's the same thing. Another point they put on here, which was like a duh, aha moment, is the reason that some people are up. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be from race, some black people too, some Asian people, some indigenous people all over. Some people are going to push nonviolence. Some people are going to push, well, you know, we can do it this way. Maybe we can, whatever, because they have ties to the state. Their family may be military. Their family may be police officers. They may work for the uh, correctional facility. They may be employed by whoever. And so they have an incentive to keep things the way they are. That's what we always try to say. So, yes. One of my litmus tests out of a lot of litmus tests is, do you believe in violence as protection or, and even as an offensive? Do you believe in violence, period? Do you believe that we have the right to not only arm ourselves, but use said arms when need to be used? If there's any apprehension to that, if there's any hesitation to that, you're either not there or you're an op. You're an op and you're cosplaying at this point. All right. 
Greg Jackson critiques the white left in his poll, authoritarian leftists kill the cop in your head. In the world of anti-blackness, whiteness is law and order, and white people are deputized, made by, into cops, by the state, meaning their actions are a result of the, quote, natural way of things. White-led communes and autonomous zones replicate the state's action on a smaller scale. This is what Jackson alludes to in his essay, Real White Comrades. Know the importance of black autonomy is killing the cop in your head. Thus, we will fight against the white-led autonomous zones as they replicate the state and anti-blackness as shown in the 2020 aftermath of the George Floyd Rebellion. When in the autonomous zone named Chaz, two black boys ended up shot and one ended up dead. This is not insurrection at all. Insurrections require deep networks of care and love or they will die out before they can develop into revolutionary movement. These white-led anti-black autonomous zones must be attacked with the same ferocity that we attack the cops and the white militias. It goes without saying that the white leftists who kill black people and reimpose white supremacy onto supposedly liberated spaces are our enemies. Supposed black anarchists or leftists who cover for the white left's violent and anti-black tendencies must be considered enemies as well. Tokenism exists within anarchist spaces. We are tired of white people claiming that their groups are multiracial and unproblematic because they have one token black anarchist. It is strange that anarchists and the left in a broader sense seem to understand tokenism less well than liberals, though this speaks to the failure of any sort of white anarchist political orientation towards race. It is clear that anarchism exists as a scene rather than the revolutionary movement when there are multiple white majority anarchist projects in a majority black or POC setting. Hmm. Furthermore, publishing a black anarchist book or having one black anarchist in a project does not mean your anarchist project is not colonial. If you are a black anarchist covering for the white anarchist nonsense, you should stop. We do not care if these people are your friends. If they reimpose white supremacy on black people, even as anarchists, they are enemies. Yes, yes. The white left for the first time in human history must collectively prioritize the rest of the world's well-being in mind over their own cultural racism and privilege. It is the job of all other oppressed affinity groups across the country to ensure that they have no choice but to act in our interests. We are not our elders. We do not have the time or patience to wait for the white left to garner the moral capacity to become the true revolutionaries while we are slaughtered like dogs in the street. Either you will aid in the revolutionist comments or we will attack you as enemies until you do. Okay, and I'm going to end it there because I feel like that was dead alone. Like I ain't got to add nothing else. You heard what they said. You heard what they said. And let, let me find out. Let, let me find out. Let me find out y'all using the same tools, but y'all love to scream identity politics. Let me find out y'all doing it to cover up y'all not really caring about other issues. Let, let, let's find out you got a token, a token, uh... Uh, non-binary, a token queer, a token black, a token uh, this, a token indigenous person so that you, can, you ain't really had to do nothing. Or anybody. What? 
That's how I know, like, come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We have to be consistent. We have to actually mean what we say. How you going to say that these folks using weapon, you weaponizing identity to cover up they mess and you doing the same thing? So do you think it's a bad thing? Because it seems to be okay when you're doing it. Unserious. And I feel like that's, that's going to be the thing for the rest of this thing. Unserious. But, but, but we have to all take that to heart. All of us. Again, what do I say every time? Who are we centering? I, myself, I've never had to a situation where I had to go days without food. Or if I didn't know, I, I never had a situation where I didn't know if I was going to eat one day. I ha I've never had that level of poverty. I've always had people, whether it's in my family or uh, people that were in the outside families, that if, if we needed anything, that, that my needs would get taken care of as a child. So I, I, don't know what, I don't know what that is. I still don't know what that is like. So my voice shouldn't even be centered up in when it comes to, to a lot of issues. Because I can't relate. I can't relate to a person in that situation. So that should be the that but that that should be the focus. That should be those should be the people that are being centered in what we are trying to do. Because these are the people that are in immediate need right now. They would benefit the most from the destruction of these systems. The people that are being oppressed the most. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of work to be done, and we're going to get back to reading that next week. Uh, but it's a lot to take to heart, guys. And I, we all should feel convicted. We all should be looking daily, daily, you know, taking control of our thoughts, looking at the way we're seeing the world, be intentional with these things. If we see any of these uh, white supremacist tactics, whether it's not even acting in white supremacy, or we're using it in the way that we're being ableist or, or classist or, or homophobic or whatever, we should constantly be challenging these thoughts all the time. Because if, if not, you're, you're an enemy. We, we already, like I said, we already on level five. You still on one-on-one. -on -one, and you're not trying to get to five. It's over with. Bye. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave because I'm, I'm getting on the red now. But if you'd like to contact us, you can do so at Building Our PWR. If you'd like to comment on the video on YouTube, you can do so as well. Um, if you'd like to donate to the work we are doing in the city, you can do so, link is in the description. If you'd like to join us, link is in the description. All right, guys, this has been Gabby, and this has been Building Our Power. See y'all next week.